0: So interesting. Ooh, that's interesting. Wow, that is very
1: interesting. Very, interesting. That was very interesting. What's going on everyone? Welcome to That's So Interesting, the podcast that discusses what we think are objectively interesting things. I'm Graham, and alongside me, as always, are Brandon and Brian.
0: Fellas, how are you doing today?
2: Always warm and sunny on the TSI podcast.
0: It is once again a beautiful Sunday to be alive. (laughs) Cold and brisk on this lovely Sunday afternoon, evening. Um, And you know what? Just makes your head tingle with that fresh air. So feeling great. Right on. Happy to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) On today's show, for everyone
1: listening out there, we want to dig into some pet peeves. Most people have them. I've been informed that Brian may not, but he's going to talk about them anyway. And uh, we're going to highlight some of ours, and we'd be interested to hear what some of yours are as well. Um, so let us know if you agree with any of ours, or if you have any of your own. Um, for starters, Brandon, do you want to give us one to start?
2: Sure, I'll start off. And as I'm thinking about this, we're going to sound like a bunch of negative Nancys. And, uh, oh, 100%. Probably, probably pretty petty, so... Just want to get that out there. Um,
1: yeah, but we sound freaking altruistic and fantastic the rest of the time, so... That's very true. That's very true. <laughs>
2: that's very true. Um, but, I mean, hopefully these are some things that a lot of people can relate with. And I know, Graham, you especially can relate to this one, because we've talked mm-hmm. about it a lot. So, today I'm going out for a run, or this morning I was out for a run, and uh, running along the sidewalk. And sidewalks are only so wide... You know, usually two to three bodies in width. And as I'm running, I'm coming up to a group of individuals, three individuals who are walking towards me, all heads down, all on their phones.
0: Mm. (laughs) Now,
2: (laughs) generally speaking, the polite thing to do is if the sidewalk's crowded or you don't think you're going to have enough space is both parties pull over to the right. Right? Like I'm not wrong in saying that. So what should have happened in North here, America? In North America, right? Cultural relativity is a thing. <laughs> what should have happened here is the three individuals, because they take up the entire sidewalk, should have disbanded as a unit horizontally and moved into a more or moved into a more vertical line um, to allow both parties so to pass the resistance. Uh, but no, that was not the mm-hmm. case. I was basically bumped off the sidewalk and had to run in the mud.
0: And how did that make you feel?
2: Like, honestly upset. Um, but the first one, I was like, you know what, whatever, like, honest mistake. But for whatever reason, I don't know, is Pokemon Go, like, is it back up to date? Because um, there was a lot of people out today, probably out to ruin my run. <laughs> out on walks in big groups, <laughs> looking down yeah, at knew. their phones. Like, not even looking where they're going.
1: Gotta catch them all.
2: Gotta catch them all? Yes, I understand. Uh, I am not something to be caught. Therefore, please give me my space in the world. Mm, we'll have to get Christina back on and uh, right see
1: one. if she agrees with that.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I know like this is something that Graham and I have talked about a lot. It's like just people walking in large groups and not being mindful of other people in the space. You know, Just a level of inconsideration that I think, and it's something that kind of drives me up a wall. Like, if you have a group of five people who are walking all in a row, super, super slow, and you're stuck behind them. Like, it's just annoying. It's a pet peeve.
0: Fair.
1: Yeah, 100%. I totally get that.
2: Wait, hold on. Brian, that doesn't... Sorry, that doesn't bug you?
0: I'm normally the person... Like, I always am the one who is gladly to veer off. I don't know why. It's just, like, it's what I do. I always veer off whether I'm walking with a dog and a runner's coming or vice versa i'm running and people are walking oh that's my other thing like
2: if you're walking with a dog like i don't know part of me feels like you should and the, and the sidewalk isn't big enough for two people to pass on like i feel like that person should stop or veer off but if you're just like i don't know
0: for me i'm just the one who always moves uh, it's just easier for me to do that i don't have to break my my stride
2: but why should you why should you always have to accommodate other people like, why should there not be a happy medium where everybody can share the sidewalk?
0: I think that's that's a fair question. It's just, there; it would be very difficult to gauge what a happy medium is, I think, mm-hmm. on every occurrence of walking down the street, right? That if it doesn't bother me and it really doesn't, like, hurt where I'm going, it's not something that I'm really going to worry about. But I totally, I hear what you're saying. I don't disagree with it.
1: I I get what you're saying, Brian, as well. Uh, I think something that actually happened to me really recently, just on the topic of walking. uh, So thanks for bringing that up, Brandon, because I'm now triggered. Um, (laughs) (laughs) On campus, people walking five abreast.
2: That's what I'm talking about. Five!
1: So they not only were walking five abreast, but they were all looking inwards and not forward. Like they were having their internal conversation and they needed to all be on the same plane. There was no depth there whatsoever, which of course, yeah, it was a freaking power move. It was like Michigan State walking Michigan off the field. (laughs) I don't know if you guys (laughs) saw that clip, but it was, it was intimidating. And I was intimidated by these five people just basically arm in arm, ignoring everyone else and it peeved me i was peeved
2: (laughs) yeah that's that's what i'm saying like it's just awareness of your environment that i think
0: yeah i can agree with the the group setting aspect that if there's a bunch of you but if it's just like one or two people that's where i'm willing to accommodate
2: like are you taking up the whole sidewalk like why are you taking up the whole sidewalk and why are you refusing to move over
0: because I'm running too fast. They can't judge my time. That's
2: a lie. No, it's because their heads are down and they're not being aware of their surroundings. I'm so
0: quick. So quick.
2: You are lightning fast. All right. I just. That's interesting to me. Maybe that's just part of my type A personality, eh? <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> Most likely.
2: Sorry, Brian. I cut you off. Go ahead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's all good. Mine is probably. Chewing with your mouth open. Oh, I got that one right now. Mm. On, I'll say, larger meals. I'm okay if it's just a quick chomp chomp, a couple chews in your mouth, like, and whatever you've eaten is gone. But I'm talking like a chewy steak, and you're just <laughs> ch- chewing like a cow. There's nothing that I want to duct tape close <laughs> more than your mouth in that moment. I'm like, just please stop. <laughs>
2: yeah I am one hundred percent in on this I have that written down I have chewing noises is what I have written down <laughs> because you're right like it's there's no sound barrier between you and the food right those lips are closed those lips are sealed turn that key throw it away right there's a muffler
1: how do you guys feel about this is this is something that my roommates used to call me out on and so I've gotten better at it but I would. Whenever I would eat, I would chew with my mouth closed, just to preface, but when I would like take a bite of something, say a delicious pierogi with my fork, I would always, like my teeth would always like clack, like just quietly, but still always like pretty consistently clack against the utensil, like whatever I was using. And Mm -hmm. so like they started to get annoyed because like eating with me was was this constant little like percussive like show. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Would that bother you guys or is it mostly, a- mostly just the open mouth chewing?
2: No, I'm okay with that. That's just efficient eating to me. Like you're not leaving anything on the fork. That's fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll allow it. <laughs> I'll allow it. So their their argument to that was that and my lips should be able to do that. And therefore.
2: Yeah,
0: oh, for sure.
1: Yeah, well, and but that's like, there fine. There are
2: some things that are sticky and like that'll stick to the fork and you really need to use your teeth to to get all the food off the fork
1: yeah thanks for validating me brandon
2: well like uh y'all think of like a gooey mac and cheese you know mm, like some of that yeah. cheese is staying on there
0: no you use your lips no
2: it's not coming off man you don't put enough cheese the in proper
0: form, the proper forms lips and tongue no teeth but if you use your teeth yeah you gotta take proper, what you form. Get.
2: proper form from who
0: proper form from your dentist
2: your dentist is teaching you how to get
0: those. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Don't get those dentists, those teeth all up on that metal. If That's you wanna know days. who's
1: Brian's dentist is, please message him privately. Um my my Good first pet peeve. You go up to someone. It could be a friend of a friend, it could be at a networking event, it could be your long lost brother. You say, Hi, my name is In this case I would say Gwen. And then they would reply, "Hi, nice to meet you," and then not say their name. This is one of the biggest pet peeves that I have just be- just because it leaves you at this like total gap or disadvantage like you have no idea what this person's name is, and they pretty much know your sin number like it's terrible. <laughs>
2: Well, okay. Here's what I'll say to that. Like I was in a similar situation where we were at a, when we were at the university of Florida, um, before we went to a football game before the game, they had like a president's lunch. And because we were exchange students, we were like special guests to this lunch. So we met the Dean of the faculty and he introduced himself. I can't remember his name, but he said his name. (laughs) And, uh, I said, hi. And I shook his hand and then he, I didn't say my name and he said, what's your name? But I didn't bother. Like In my mind, I was like, what's the point of me telling him my name? He's going to forget it. He was—he knows way too many people. And I'm just meeting him. I'm not engaging in a deep conversation where he's going to need to know mm-hmm. my name. Like, he's just going through a line of people. Like, it's probably more important for me to know his name than it is for him to know my name. So I'll spare him the, you know, worry of having to remember my name. And I just didn't think it was a big deal. And then he stopped and he's like, and your name, sir? And I kind of like... Struck me. So I can see where people wouldn't give their names if they don't feel like it's uh, going to be a big conversation.
1: Hey, so I totally agree. I totally agree with what you're saying. But I just it can never hurt. <laughs> just, true. Say, just say <laughs> that your is own true. That name. Is true. Yeah, don't it's... lie. Don't say someone else's name. Don't pretend to be old Jeb. <laughs> but just say oh, f- your own Jeb. Return
2: Jeb. name. Jeb. <laughs> the return of
1: Jeb. Oh,
0: don't.
2: I like, yeah, I, I agree in certain
1: scenarios um, you know certain uh, professional dynamics and that sort of thing sure you know maybe it's more relevant for one person to say their name than the other but like we're talking just on a day-to-day basis just say your name when you shake hands with someone that you haven't seen before it doesn't hurt even if you've met them they you can say that you know it it'll just work out okay you know so just say your name folks
2: yeah i can i can can it never takes away from the conversation if you state your name
1: yeah at least say it so then i can choose to forget it
2: (laughs) okay that's fair that's fair i always like
0: uh, now When meeting new people especially acquaintances or friends i always just start with my name like you shake and as you're shaking you're like brian and then they like typically they'll say their name back It's, it's weird but it seems to work. Do you, do you find
1: that works better than, like, hi, I'm Brian? Like, does the yeah. actual greeting
0: take away sometimes and distract people? I th- I find, like, when you're saying your name, it's then is more an, a, of an invitation for them to say it back to you as that's your introduction is, like, just saying your name. I'll have to try that. As opposed to saying, hey, my name is what? My name is
2: what? <laughs> my name is who?
0: <laughs> chicka, 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 i shady. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right on.
2: So, okay, while we're on the topic of this, introductions and names, you guys are both really, really good at this. What are your guys' keys to remembering names? Because I, I feel like I'm in the majority of people. When I meet somebody and we introduce ourselves, I'm terrible at forgetting. Uh, or sorry, I'm terrible at remembering their name. So I'll meet somebody and five seconds later, I have no idea what they said, because I'm more focused on saying my name correctly and properly than I am with remembering their name. And then the moment's passed and it's almost too embarrassing to re-ask for their name. But I know that you guys Mm -hmm. are both really good at memory recall or whatever you want to call it, um, to where you guys can just pull names magically out of a hat and know who they are.
1: (laughs) I think for me, it's um, just a matter of repeating their name back to them immediately so if i go hi i'm graham then they're actually a good person who says you know hi i'm potato then i'll say hi potato (laughs) it's nice to meet you that you know sort of repetition or like further advancement of that conversation that way just allows it to actually settle in for me Mm -hmm. um and then pretty much after that it's just cruise control um but if i'm beating a lot of people in a short amount of time i'll try to uh, associate something with them um much like that episode of the office um just to like come up with some sort of like easy recalls so like just brandon with the red tie you know brian with the blue jacket you know like that sort of thing right um it doesn't have to be like alliterative or something like that um just whatever works in that moment
2: yeah, that makes sense. Not just yep. hearing the name, but then actually saying it.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. that's what works for me. The repetition is good. I find um, eye color works for me. Like in a conversation, I'm trying to figure out what, that color, what color of that person's eyes they have. Because um, then you're like focused on them as a person instead of like just what they have to say, the audio or another visual that's distracting you. What? That's really cool. Mhm. So I, will, I like can I can't that. I won't be like, "Oh, I know exactly what this person's eye color is," but in a conversation of meeting somebody new, I try to recognize what their eye color is.
2: <laughs> I was just about to ask you what color my eyes are.
0: Uh, I'm going to go brown.
2: Yeah, I mean I can't check that for you, but <laughs> Am I right? Yeah, I would think they're like a brown, <laughs> light brown, I think.
0: Nice. Yeah. See, look at that. Are you
2: playing the percentages? What are Grams? I don't think
0: uh, Grams I think are green.
2: Graham?
1: Oh, do you want me to confirm now? Um, they're like just a blue. Oh, I was gonna say
0: blue. I guessed on that. Oh, one. I
2: should've said blue then. I oh, done muffed it.
0: I done muffed it.
2: Alrighty,
0: next peeve, Brandon.
2: Is that me? Yep. Yeah, um, we kind of talked about chewing noises, so I'll talk about general impatience. So, just when people are overly impatient in public, whether it's like waiting in a line at the grocery store or traffic is huge for me. Um, Mm -hmm. When people pull out and try and change lanes because I think one lane is faster than the other, but really all you're doing is making that lane slower by adding more cars and making the lane you just left faster because it has less cars. That stuff drives me bananas because it slows things down for everybody else. Um, It's just like, take a chill, you know? Take a big breath, relax. It'll be over soon. You'll get to the front of the line. You'll get home. Everything will this happen. This too to shall there. pass. This too shall pass. Don't worry. Be happy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I can I can relate to that one for sure. One of one of my other peeves sort of touches on that as well. But yeah, just relax when driving. People less accidents.
2: Oh, less horns. Like you know, give yourself time to arrive on time. That's huge. All right, what do you got, Brian?
0: My next one is people who don't learn from their mistakes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm all down for, like, even to make the same mistake twice in a row, I'm okay with. Give me an example. But beyond that, pardon? Give
2: me an example.
0: I'm just trying to think of one. But, like, you're making dinner, like, you're making chicken, and you undercook it the first time. Right. Like, go for it. And then you undercook it a second time. I'm like, okay, hopefully there was a little bit of improvement in that second undercook. Like, hopefully you realize it now. And not like they need to know that it was undercooked. Somebody actually tells them and shows them how to make sure that it's not undercooked. Right? Yeah. And then again, they go back and still undercook it. Like, that plate is going against the wall. (laughs) I would be so frustrated being like, you just aren't listening. Yeah, definitely.
1: People who who do the same thing over and over again like expecting different results isn't
0: that the definition of insanity
2: according to Mr. Albert Einstein yes
0: yeah sorry out there to a lot of government employees we're not talking about you (laughs) cool
1: my next uh, peeve again relating to driving but this one's specifically a shout out to everyone who's in traffic And it's mostly bumper-to-bumper. But then when you get to a point in which there's a merge lane, you take yourself out of the traffic and into the merge lane to squeak yourself up and live the life for about (sighs) 35 meters.
2: Yeah, this is what I'm saying. Five
1: cars?
0: Five cars count?
1: Like, (sighs) And I realize this is inclusive, sort of, Brandon, on your your peeve, but this specifically irks me because it's there for a reason and that is not it and so just don't use it it's not going to help you very much at all it's gonna make me want to slash your tires and follow you
2: <laughs> nick your quarter panel a little bit <laughs> exactly yeah, sometimes when i sometimes when i see that happen i just kind of sit and laugh like oh, their time must be worth more than mine. Like, clearly, whatever they're trying to get to is more important. And I understand, like, there might be certain circumstances where it's an emergency sure. and you need to go, but that's not everybody on the 401. Like no. <laughs> There aren't that many emergencies happening at the same time. Exactly. Where everybody on the 401 needs to be so impatient and ruin everybody else's day. Like, what makes you so special that you get to cheat and get around people? Oh, Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> triggered. triggered.
0: <laughs> I'd be lying if I told you that I've never done it. Mm. I'd be lying. And I don't want to lie to you guys.
2: <laughs> yeah, but all the I time? I
1: appreciate your honesty.
0: No, I don't do it all the time, but I've definitely done it. What died. was
2: your reason for doing it? Uh, I don't remember.
1: Traffic. His time was more valuable.
2: His time was more valuable, man. Ryan's an important guy. I remember. He's got valuable time.
0: That's true. It's just probably pretending I need to do something.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I guess this is more like we talked about youth sports a couple of podcasts ago. A pet peeve that I have is when people treat kids as adults or tiny adults instead of as kids. Um, So Mm -hmm. in a basketball sense, this would be like teaching five-year-olds to play zone or teaching them to run pick and rolls or punishing them through exercise or um, promoting a win at all cost mentality when like really all that's doing is robbing them of the opportunity to A, have fun and B, develop their skills. And that's a huge, huge pet peeve of mine because ultimately it comes down to adults who are in a leadership role but aren't taking the necessary time to go and learn how to not how to do things properly but learning what they're doing and what it's doing to their athletes i think that's the biggest thing because i'm not going to sit here and stay and say that there's one correct way to coach and there isn't but there's an understanding of what you're doing and what it's doing to your athletes and when it neglects the two what i believe are the two most important things in youth sports and that's having fun and development then uh yeah it it triggers me the wrong way for sure
0: okay yeah i totally agree. what about if those kids are playing at an advanced level above their age category
2: so if a five-year-old is playing with seven-year-olds
0: or like a better example would be like a nine-year-old a 9 year olds team yeah is playing at the level of an 11-year-old team where they typically would start to learn those skills
2: yeah see even then i don't know i mean they're not adults like they should not be doing the same things elite sport athletes are doing why not because they're not adults and you can make the but argument isn't, that elite sport athletes isn't that... shouldn't be punished through exercise they shouldn't be oh no like robbed of the opportunity to have fun they shouldn't be robbed of the opportunity to develop their skill set
0: sorry this is more around like the skills of pick and rolls and things like that not of oh like running as punishment
2: again like teaching a pick and roll to 11 year olds or 12 year olds even i would disagree with like i don't think people should be like the 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 club team that i was coaching we were a u16 team so 15 16 year olds and we didn't even teach them ball screen like we were top 10 in the province good to note when you When you teach ball screen, all you're doing is you're saying, you stand there, stand still, and our best player comes off and creates scoring opportunity. Everybody else, stand still. Don't do anything else. That's what you're saying. You're saying that you're not good enough to beat your guy one-on-one, so you need somebody else to come and help you.
0: Oh, that's so interesting. Lacrosse is completely different. In what sense? Um, Normally, you're not picking for the person who's the best player, and you'll have two or three picks going on at the same – well, I shouldn't say two or three – You'll be having two picks going on at the same time um, on opposite sides of the ball to break somebody open uh, for a shot.
2: Right. And that happens in basketball as well, but it's the same principle. It's saying that off ball, you aren't good enough to create space and, and scoring opportunity for yourself. So I need to send somebody over you. That means that I haven't taught you the skills necessary in order to do that. Now at the elite level, it's a different conversation because the defenders are better. The athleticism is better. The speed is better and creating a pick in the cross as well as basketball creates opportunities for both the person receiving the screen and the person who's setting the screen. But at the youth levels, that's never the case. It's always setting or it's always creating an opportunity for the person who is being screened for. And all you're doing is you're limiting the roles of the players. You're saying you're a screener, you're uh person coming off and if you're taught yeah and i was having a conversation with um one of the athletes that i'm working with now as per one of the reasons why he didn't want to play with a certain club um in richmond because he said all they would have me do is set screens and shoot threes and that's not what i want to do he's like we would have competed at a really really high level but i didn't want to do that that wasn't the role that i wanted it's not fun so that's kind of what yeah i
0: Yeah, i guess it's just implemented in two different ways because that doesn't really sound like how we've done it in lacrosse but i can see from your point of view that if it is just to get one person free or one person open without teaching them the fundamentals then um yeah but like that's then i agree that's
2: exactly what it is right to me a lot of times when i see people teaching ball screen too early it's because they're too lazy to teach their players how to get open properly in my opinion and i'm not saying that's true for everybody but i would say that's the large majority of teams and like teams that I've coached against run ball screen and their players can't get open without using a ball screen. They become reliant on this one situation. And I think that's wrong because you've robbed Mm -hmm. them of the opportunity to develop other skills. So to me, that's pet peeve.
1: Sure. That's a great point. I think we will call it there on that one, just to avoid spiraling (laughs) into another really interesting. Yeah. Off topic, sports conversation. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Brian, what else you got?
0: Uh what's going my last one? <laughs>
2: Graham, do you have one while he's thinking of that?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So my my last one um is pretty simple in theory and I realize I don't even really know the line between a pet peeve and just like a thing that no one likes. Um <laughs> Because I was talking to um, one of my counselors over the summer, Hillary Ferguson. Um, she was saying, like, because we did pet peeves as an icebreaker. She's like, Graham, all of your pet peeves are just, like, things that no one likes. Like, so are they even really pet peeves? or Are they just, like, common dislikes? Anyway, my, my last pet peeve for this evening is going to be misusing other people's time. Um, mm. So a specific example for this is just um, you know in a professional setting when you confirm you'll meet at a certain time certain place, oh, and you are there and you're ready to go a couple minutes early to ensure that the actual you know meeting or engagement starts on time, and then mm-hmm. five minutes pass, ten minutes pass, sometimes fifteen minutes pass, and then one of two things happens that person who's misusing your time finally decides to grace you with their presence <laughs> or <laughs> they don't show up at all and you have to reconnect with them later on what the heck happened because I took right. time out of my day to prepare and you know be present in some sort of capacity and spend some of my time on you and you just disregarded it. And to me, I find yeah. that really disrespectful and rude, um, and it, it definitely peeves me, so that that's that's one for me. I don't know. How do you guys feel about something like that?
2: Yeah, 100%. I would say the only exception is if they send you a note or an email or a text as to why they were running late or missed. Yeah. Like, then it's excusable, but you're right. Absolutely. If they Absolutely. just decide to show up on their own time, you know, again, we go back to that whole your time is worth more than mine, right? hmm And what you're saying is you're coming back to that whole concept of it being disrespectful. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Like That's huge. And I think it's probably happened to everybody. And I think you might not think, oh, maybe it doesn't happen in the workplace that often or it doesn't happen in my workplace. But if you go to um, any other private business or in the business world, like how many times do people complain about – having a service call window from 12 to 4, meaning that you need to be home from 12 to 4, and they show up at 5, right? So somebody's going to come look at it, you know, do a repair on your house, and they say, yep, like, be available from 12 to 4. And you say, yeah, I'll be home. Like, I have to take the day off, but whatever. Um, And they show up outside of that window. I feel like it happens all the time. People come to fix your cable, your internet. It's the same story over and over and over and over again. But yeah. as a consumer, you're at the mercy of the person providing the service because they're the experts. They hold the power in, in this relationship. And uh, you're at their whim, which I think does make people really upset. And I think that's sort of the same same instance as what you're talking about here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a really good example. Basically just, yeah, misusing anyone's time for, I'll add, no good reason. You know, obviously yeah. there there are circumstances that yeah, you, know, you know, terrible things can happen and, and plans change, and, and that's all good. I, I like to think I'm an understanding person, but it's just when when there's no real valid rhyme or reason and you're uh, you're just taking light of someone else's time and energy. Yeah, that's no mm-hmm. bueno. <laughs> you, that's you fair. Doing much thinking, Brian.
0: Yeah, my last one is people who lie. For other people. Oh, that Um, room
2: just ended at people who lie, but go on.
0: No, because nothing takes away all of my faith in humanity more than, like, one person already lying and then another person jumping on the lie to try to cover for their lie. Because then you're like, man, now I have, like, two people in a row who are willing to not really give a crap about me as a human or, you know, just have the ownership to own up to whatever they're lying about and tell the truth. I don't know. I find it just worse, and it drives me insane. I mean, and this is kind of in particular with parents like making excuses or lying for their kids, um, and not allow like not making them take responsibility for their own actions. That type of stuff really drives me crazy too. Yeah, I get that for sure. Uh, scenario for you.
1: You ask me if I'm throwing you a surprise birthday party. I say no. You ask Brandon. He also says no. Are you upset at Brandon?
2: Are you upset at Graham?
0: That I wouldn't be upset about anybody because it's not, doesn't have negative consequences. Yeah, (laughs) Just that I throw that one at you and see what you say.
2: (laughs) That's good. Did you run into a scenario where that happened to you?
0: Uh, when you were going off on your coaching bit about like teaching things to kids at the right level, my next one was like ownership of tasks. And I had parents all the time try to defend their kid who lied to me about something, like whether it's them doing their schoolwork or them doing whatever. And then they'll, in order for them to practice or in order for them to play. And then will the parent then covers for that kid for their lie. I'm like, stop. Let your kid own the fact that he lied. Tell him that's not okay because you're just reinforcing the behavior Mm -hmm. that whatever you make up is truthful because you say it.
1: Absolutely. I agree with that for sure.
2: Yeah, that's super frustrating. Like, Especially when you as a coach, you're trying to do your best not to just teach sports skills and develop them as athletes, but develop them as hopefully good community global citizens Mm
1: -hmm.
2: who yeah like have graduated from your coaching or your program with values that go beyond sport and Mm -hmm. understand what it means to be a good person and hopefully that means not lying or owning up to your mistakes and or faults like nobody's perfect and sometimes i don't think people like to admit that which is unfortunate and you're right when you're When a parent does that to a kid, even more is saying that, A, lying is okay, and B, that you as an authority figure are not valued, Mm -hmm. right? which undermines everything that you're trying to do, which, you know, you're not doing this, you know, you're doing it because you enjoy doing it, and it should come with a level of respect.
1: Yeah. Yeah, great little lineup of peeves this evening. I sort of have fun talking about this stuff.
2: (laughs) It's like airing grievances.
1: Yeah, it's just, you know, like sort of, you know, ranting, getting out there. It's sort of cathartic. It's nice.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, probably makes it sound a little bit shallow, though.
1: (laughs) Ah, well, that's that's fine. The audience needs to gossip over something, right? (laughs) Um, Speaking of the audience, if you agree with anything we've been saying or... If you disagree, um, or if you want to let us know what your peeves are, definitely let us know. Connect with us.
2: Just say, what about food eating <laughs> contests? You guys have pet peeves against food eating contests?
0: Mm, I don't know if I only have if like the contest peeves. isn't setting lofty goals for yourself, like twenty salmon's. Oh. Twenty salmon's
2: isn't hard to eat.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Twenty salmon's.
1: Just twenty salmon sushi pieces. We're just oh. talking meat on rice Like that, like yeah, actual different. sushi I thought
2: you were saying a yeah. whole salmon
0: No What is he, a grizzly bear? You're crazy
1: No, just you crazy yeah. It's not shirt worthy is what we're getting at Sorry <laughs> 20 salmons
2: Well like 14 counts, You know. See you that's better a goal. You gotta aim high though
1: 100% Yeah
2: Anyways that was uh, supposed to be a, a smooth segue into <laughs> uh, <laughs> into next week's episode where Brian and Graham will take on our chicken wing eating contest, where they will have 10 minutes to eat as many chicken wings as they possibly can. It may require some editing on our end to make it an interesting audio experience, but we will also be doing a visual component as well, so you won't miss any of that action.
1: Where can they find that action, Brandon?
2: Oh, man. You can always find all of our action on Instagram at TSI Podcast or on Facebook. Very underutilized social media, I think, nowadays. It's probably a dying breed. But we're jumping on, uh, we're hanging on to the ship while it sinks on Facebook as well at TSI Podcast. And then, as Graham was saying, if you want to reach out, comment, questions, obscene gestures, let us know how the weather is in your part of the world. <clears throat> Christina, you can always get in touch with us via email <laughs> at thatsointerestingpod so at gmail.com. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed our pet peeves, hope you uh, (laughs) enjoyed us complaining for a little bit, maybe triggered you in some things that that got the conversations rolling, or maybe we just need to be more sensible and uh, not hate on things so much, be more of that, and this too shall pass mentality. Yeah.
1: Look both ways before you cross the street, everyone.
2: Especially those kids, get out there and play kids.